The Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. We're going back to to back. back. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Basketball Podcast. Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas. And who, sir, are you? I'm your producer, Matt Duncan. Freddie, how are you doing in this day and age? I am doing okay. Um, always super <laughs> excited for podcast day. Uh, yeah, big day, you know, big day podcast day. Sorry, big day, big day podcast day. It's a big day. It's always a big day. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, how are you doing, man? Well, I think uh, you know I'm uh, yeah, enjoying the indoors as much as I can. Uh, um, uh, I wanted to go for a walk yesterday. I didn't, but uh, that's on the docket for today. I'm gonna go for a, a walk around the block or something like that. Uh, I like it. Won't be going to any parks though. Don't want to get dinged with a seven fifty dollar fine. Hey, they uh, can go up to five thousand. They just five thousand. The monkey. Holy cow! Sorry. I don't know what the shock the monkey thing is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apologize. <laughs> Apologies there. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's give people the goods. Uh, you know, if they want to find this podcast, Matt, how are they going to find it? How are they going to tell people, oh, you can go find it here? Um, like our, our, our main hub that you can go to for links is dunkspodcast.com. We've got all our links on the right that you can click on for iTunes and Stitcher and Player FM and whatever podcatcher you really like. We even got Pocket Casts on there. If you're one of them fancy folk, use Pocket Casts. Um, I said Player FM, right? Did I say player you FM? Did, you, you did now, and I'm happy you did. Okay, I'm glad I did. And uh, we do put them up on YouTube now. I know nobody likes to listen to podcasts on the YouTube. YouTube's for funny little videos, and uh, but you know the, there is an option there for you too if you'd like to watch with a with a fun uh, sound bar playing during the episode. Yeah. you know what I mean. You know, of course, like rate, review, subscribe, yeah. all that good do stuff. Do that but, stuff. But Matt, if people. If people are like, oh man, I, I need I need uh, something to put on my head. Yeah. During this um, during this virus time, um, what 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 do you think? Um, what do you think they should do? Well, here's the thing: you're inside a lot right now. Your head's gonna get a little softer. It's gonna get a little more sensitive. <laughs> so when you go outside. Uh, it's going to be, it doesn't matter if it's 30 degrees outside, you're going to feel cold. You're going to need a Confederacy of Dunks too. I like it. I like the soft head lead up. That was good. <laughs> um, that was good. Nice soft head. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, if people want to go like beyond and they really want to support us and like help this podcast grow. Yeah. Um, where, where and how can they do that? You can click on a uh, on our website. You can click on the link for Patreon. It's also there. But you can also go to patreon.com slash dunks podcast if you want to support the podcast and uh, help uh, you know us you know financially uh, be able to expand and do other things for you. And you get some exclusive content as well as episodes early. And and you, you know what? If you pay into the right tier, you might get a little Mark's Rose hot sauce, courtesy of Freddie. That's right. It's hot, and I got some left. So you got uh, some so, left. Yeah, yeah. Guys, so sign up to the tier, baby. <laughs> um, but 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 Matt, uh, I think it's time to, to intro this episode. Okay. Uh, and and I think we decided to do something. You know, we're we're trying to keep a positive around here. A lot yeah. of rough news. Now there's no so, pulse to the NBA, but we are providing that pulse. We are the artificial heart right now. Oh, I like that, you know, and you're overinflating our importance. That's great. <laughs> um, so I, I thought it'd be fun to do favorite Raptors. Yeah. Uh, so we just kind of, I asked some uh, friends of the uh, pod to tell me who their favorite Raptor was, and we talked about it a little bit, but uh, I guess I'll start. Yeah. We were just talking about this, Matt. I think it's odd, but I, I, I don't know. I feel like it's like maybe I'm being too recent here, but. My favorite Raptor is Pascal Siakam. I mean, how can you not uh, love Pascal Siakam? And you're yeah, you're you know, still at the beginning of his story too. You know, I know. So we'll we'll see as the dust settles because you know things can change. But uh, 
Who's your favorite Raptor? Um, mine, I would say, is DeMar DeRozan. I think that is, uh, he. you know, like when I started to really get into the raps with this podcast, he was the, the big star player. And just kind of, you know, I think especially with Toronto sports, it's like you, you, if you get a player that will play in this market and just like give their whole heart like he did, it's like a really special thing. You know, you're damn right it is. And, you know, we don't get Kawhi without DeMar. You know, it's like he was a very important part of what led up to that championship, in my opinion. For sure. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I, I guess uh, we, you know, we intro the uh, the folks individually. So um, should we just hop right to it? Okay. Okay, I am here with uh, with guest number one. Uh, he's uh, he's about to tell us who his all time favorite raptor is. Give it up at home as loud as you can for Jonathan Yam. What's up, buddy? Thanks for having me. Uh, no worries. I definitely made it seem like music was about to bust out, uh, so that's on me. Um, <laughs> okay, but you know the way we're doing these. I know the drill. Yeah, you, you you know the drill. You know the drill. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's just, let's just hop right to it. I, I started the, uh, 12 minute timer. Who's your all time favorite Raptor? So I would say this guy is not my number one all time favorite Raptor, but he was definitely the first one. Okay. And that's, that's, Damon that's fair. Damon yeah. Stoudemire. Yeah. Amazing. That's a, that's like a perfect start to the pod and also like a, a perfect first love. I, I always have to admit, I was definitely like a VC era Raptors fan. Like I was just a bit too little to be like obsessed with the Raptors. Like I, I love the Raptors. I love Damon Stoudemire. I love Mighty Mouse. But when I, when I really started becoming bonkers was, was Vince Carter. So were you, all, were you already a basketball fan before the, cause I, cause I know you're a couple years older than me, but not, not too much. Like were you like when the Raptors first came to Toronto, were you like a fan of another team and then had to be like, oh, this is my team now? Yeah, I was I was already watching basketball a bit before that. So I guess I was almost done high school by the time the Raptors started. Right. So by that point in time, uh, yeah, I was I was think I think I was more interested in some of the West teams. So I think at that time, like my favorite teams were like the Supersonics and the Suns. Trailblazers, like I gravitated towards those guys, and then once we had a team that we could actually follow, um, you know, on a regular basis, then you know it was just like full time, just following the Raptors. Because up totally. until then, you could only watch like maybe two or three games a week on TV. Man, around the league. So, yeah, this is obviously before League Pass, before like a lot more cable channels were available. So, yeah. So once the Raptors came, it was just like totally, you know, behind them. And so, um, yeah, it was, there was a lot of hype around the team, obviously, when they first started because they, they kind of, you know, started with a bang. Like they hired Isaiah Thomas to be the general manager. For sure. And, and got some other kind of big name uh, people involved, like John Saunders they got from ESPN to be the, the play-by-play guy. So, Right, were, and, so, and so much pressure on that first pick. Yeah. Yeah, but it was it was really interesting because it. I remember I don't know if you remember the draft, but everybody thought that they were going to take Ed O'Bannon. That's who they wanted uh, the Raptors to choose because he was like I think he he was at UCLA. They did really well that year in the tournament, and I think they were I think he may have won like some kind of Player of the Year award in his conference. So everyone thought that's the guy that they should take, and they actually booed um, Isaiah when when he made the pick, but when you think about it, like this is sort of, I, I think he tried to pick somebody in his own mold. So like undersized point guard, mm-hmm. um, he was kind of the perfect underdog for a completely new team uh, playing in this weird stadium that wasn't built for basketball. So it was, yeah, it was a really interesting start, I thought. And I think for me, uh, as a kid, I grew up like I was always undersized. I was always smaller than everybody else. So right. So you really you kind of identified. Yeah, yeah. There was something really relatable about about Damon, and just like 
all the kind of, again, because it was like a new team, they had all his marketing around him. Like, you know, they had the Mighty Mouse thing. He, I mean, I guess he had the Mighty Mouse tattoo already, and that was his, his nickname, but they kind of, like, Nike built, like, a whole uh, marketing campaign around him, and they used the, you know, the Mighty Mouse theme song and the, the actual cartoon in the ad, and it was, yeah, it was, it was exciting. Totally, yeah, and, and and to have kind of that type of inertia just, like, like burst out of the gate. Like, I know the Raptors weren't winning, but to at least have, like, a, a really genuinely exciting player um, to kind of to kind of fixate on. So, but, but you know, when when in your early days watching the Raptors and watching uh, watching Stoudemire, were you kind of like starting to build the narrative of like, okay, this is the guy that can that can he can be a superstar, he can be an Isaiah Thomas, we can be as good as anyone else, or was it kind of maybe maybe that's a bit like early days because you were just enjoying watching a talented yeah. player. I had pretty low expectations because I guess <laughs> having seen like it was like the mid nineties, right? So it was just after a bunch of other teams had just entered the league and none of them were very good other than maybe Charlotte. Like they got good right away. Orlando got really good right away because they had like really good picks. But otherwise you can kind of see how some of them were just like they're just bad for a bunch of years. And um I think when the Raptors and Grizzlies came into the league. That was around the first time where they said, uh, you guys can't get the first pick overall. And so I think Damon was actually picked something like seventh or eighth overall. Really? And yeah, yeah. And For then, some reason, and I that, thought he was second overall. No, he wasn't that high, I don't think. Wow. That's Yeah, and the next season, we were actually supposed to get the the first overall pick, but we weren't allowed to. So we ended up with the second pick, I think. That was the Iverson draft. So the screw job on Toronto started from the very beginning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. They wanted us to have a team, but they always hated us. So, I mean, yeah, I feel like w w with Damon, I got to ask you a couple just like stock questions. Like, do you have a favorite like pet Damon play? Just, just fast so, break? Yeah. or? So I think with him... Watching him play was really exciting. And I think that was the thing that kind of got me past just the fact that we were going to be a terrible team because there was always like watching the games, there was always going to be some point in time where he was going to try and take over. And sometimes it would work. And sometimes he just couldn't because he just didn't have the guys around him to, you know, they just weren't good enough, but yeah, yeah. He tried anyway, and it was great. And I, and I think he was probably one of the first point guards where I saw, him use the floater a lot back then. Like, I don't think it was really that common to play with point guards, but because he was undersized, he probably, this was something he just had to kind of rely on a lot, even if he was being guarded by other point guards. So um, I saw him use that a lot more. And I think because he was a left-handed shooter, it just maybe just looked different. Um, so that was, I think those were the things I really noticed about him was just like, he just—he always just tried to stay in the game no matter what, and tried to put the team on his back. And so that was always exciting because, like, I mean, even if you knew that they were going to lose, you just wanted to see, like, at least let's see how this guy's going to go down. Who's your uh, Who's your favorite player comp for for Damon Stoudemire right now? Currently in the league. You know, I'll, sorry, I'll say this: Damon Stoudemire as a Raptor, because I think that's what we're talking about. So, like the, you know, those years, twenty-two, twenty-three, yeah. twenty-four, that's like the super speedy Damon. I mean, you know, he kind of he got like serious injuries throughout his career, and you know, he obviously played with a, a bunch of other teams. But yeah, we're we're talking about the the Raptors, uh, Mighty Mouse Damon. So, who do you think is the best comparison in the NBA for for Damon right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm putting I'm putting you on the spot. Like, Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of who's like an under guard or undersized guard. Um, I mean, even on on some level, um, I mean, this is like this is not really a like for like comparison, but like on some level, I see a lot of parallels between him and Kyle Lowry. Um, yeah, I was Lowry's thinking Kyle or Fred, but yeah, they're both both of them are more skilled defenders than Damon was. I mean, he was still like he wasn't. I don't know that he was especially strong for his size uh, in a way that, that you see kind of the defensive toughness that Kyle and Fred both bring, but just the tenacity. What about 
What about like, uh, I mean, I, obviously he was better, but like MVP Derrick Rose. But I guess Derrick Rose is like six three, so that's that's not he's really a good. Bigger, much, yeah, he was. Yeah, bigger. he's powerful. Like all these guys, like West, like all these big point guards who are really aggressive. It's kind of yeah. It's okay, not a good who, comp. Who been, I, I would say he kind of resembled T.J. Ford, but with better, slightly better shooting and more scoring ability. Just I guess because they were both kind of small guards. That's pretty good. I feel like as soon as we're done this conversation, I'm gonna have the perfect comp. And uh, and the opportunity is going to just have like totally passed me by. But m- m- more Damon, I think we got to hit the biggest thing. What what were your feelings around him leaving? Like obviously this, if I'm not mistaken, kind of like was the domino, you know, in the trend of superstars in some form or another rejecting Toronto as a place to play. Yeah. Was- so yeah, what what were your feelings at the time? You know, how have they evolved? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, didn't want him to be traded. Um, the circumstances around it were a little bit different from like when you compare guys leaving through free agency because there was sort of this weird ownership situation where um, I guess the original owners, uh, there, were, there was the original owners who, who were there, but then I think Isaiah tried to make this kind of power play and do like sort of a hostile takeover of ownership. Like he Ooh. Was some investors involved and try and kind of buy them out, but Ooh, I'm liking uh, this angle. Yeah, it, there was a <laughs> lot of drama at the time. I remember this, so it didn't work. So then that's kind of why Isaiah quit. That's why he left the Raptors. Oh, okay. And, I'm I'm liking how this is tied together. Yeah, and so I think what happened was because Sotomayor was drafted by Isaiah. Right. He was, you know, basically, you know, handpicked as their first draft pick. Yeah, he it's his guy. With yeah. that situation. Um, and I think he even spoke about spoke out about it in the media, and so eventually it led to him requesting a trade, and they ended up trading him to Portland. But it's crazy when you think about the like I, I know they sometimes there was an article that came out a few years ago, uh, I can't remember if it was in the Ringer or maybe even Grantland about like trade trees. So basically the idea is like you, yeah. you trade a player, and that leads to other players being traded, and then like and there's somewhere you can just trace it for years and years. And that one was, I think one of the longest ones that the Raptors had because they, so they traded him to Portland, um, but they got back Alvin Williams, which ended up being another one of my favorite players. Uh, and they also got Kenny Anderson, but Kenny Anderson didn't want to play for the Raptors. So they ended up flipping him for uh, a couple of draft picks, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm actually this is, I think, this is when they got Chauncey Billups as well. Well, yeah, because yeah, so, so they got two first round draft picks and a second round draft pick. So, so yeah, yeah that, that I, I could see how the tree would really just be like rooted yeah. all over the place. Because then one of those draft picks turned into Morris Peterson. The other one turned into Jonathan Bender, who they traded to Indiana to get Antonio Davis, and Antonio Davis got traded to the Bulls. I think we got Jalen and Daniel Marshall. And then we traded Jalen to get Antonio Davis back later on. So it was like, yeah, it just it, it stretched out a really long time. Wow, it's actually kind of perfect. We have thirty seconds left, and <laughs> and you know we we started with Damon, and it kind of like it's he's a really interesting figure for for Raptors fans because he kind of like set into motion so many things and it's it's cool yeah. hearing about the the tree and the, the ties with Isaiah Thomas and sorry you got you got one more thing. But going back to what you said about, you know, becoming a VC fan when, when he came to the Raptors, like that's sort of a big what if for me is like, what would have happened to the Raptors if we had never traded Stoudemire? Like, would we have still been good or would we have been bad like, or would we have gotten better? Would VC, yeah. You VC and Damon could be backcourt? something. And Tracy. And Tracy. I mean, I guess at that time too, it could have been like, hey, and Camby. Yeah. Um, okay, let's so let's just leave on this because we're we're out of time. Give me your your all time favorite, just Damon memory, like of any kind. Maybe it's a big game. Maybe it's like one of the first games you went to. Um, maybe it's just like something he did or said. I think one of my favorites has to be the one where they beat the seventy two win Chicago Bulls. 
Yeah, because I guess everyone was defending in that game, but he must have been the guy who, you know, he probably had the most points for us. I I think so. I haven't. I have to look it up, but uh, because I don't remember it clearly, but I just remember. Just, I mean, he obviously was a big part of that. I think they only played like seven or eight guys off, like in their rotation that game. I love it. Just like him and w- 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 would it have been Doug Christie at that time? No, he and was Christie, Doug- I think. Yeah, I think he. They would have been in the backcourt. That's awesome. That's yeah. a pretty nasty defense. Like I, I know Damon's not as strong as Christie, but still pretty fast, pretty rangy. Yeah. Coming into a you know a windy sky dome. Jordan yeah. Jordan was probably partying, drinking the night before. And it's like, yeah, whatever, Toronto. That's and then what he, they say. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, you know. Um, well, uh, yeah, on, on, on that note, I think uh, that about wraps it up for this conversation. But, um, Jonathan, do you want to do you want to say anything to to the world in this time or or to uh, to folks who maybe uh, don't know a lot about Damon Stoudemire? You know, you can combine the two if you like. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, I think I would say I appreciate that Kyle was wearing a Stoudemire jersey at the at the parade. Yes. Kind of like a link to the past. It was really interesting that he did that. Otherwise, I just want to say I miss basketball. I want it to come back soon so that we can complete our back-to-back. That's about it, yeah. I think. I know. Well, we, 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 we got to go back-to-back. It's got to happen. Uh, well, uh, Jonathan, uh, be well, be safe. Um, yeah, take care of your neighbors and, um, we'll, we'll talk soon. Okay. Uh, guest number two, uh, I'm very, very excited to, uh, to have him on the podcast. It's his first time, um, being on the Confederacy of Dunks basketball uh, podcast. We are uh, in, in a troupe together in an improv group uh, called Featured Players uh, for uh, a, a venue called Bad Dog Theater. And um, yeah, we meet every Saturday and we, we put on a show together, us and a group of, um, I think there's 14 of us. And uh, it's amazing. It's fun. Obviously, we're not doing that right now. So uh, it's super excited to hear his voice. Uh, or sorry, I'm super excited to hear his voice and uh, hear who his favorite Raptor is. So give it up at home as loud as you can. Best intro ever, by the way, for Randall Morales. Yeah, Freddie, how's it going, man? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Um, I keep like, I keep like saying the guest name, like music's about to bust out. And I feel like I gotta slide in a bit more chill. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can hit the, for for guest number three. I'm gonna see if I can just like casually slide in. As or maybe instead to, of uh, going upward tone, you sh- you can do like uh, the how the Raptors announcers do it, where it goes like up and then kind of down, like you know what I'm okay. talking about, like now Lowry, something like that. Okay, you have to give me a demo with at least two more players now. Uh. Give me Serge Ibaka. Uh, oh, sir. Oh, wait, wait a second. So with Serge Ibaka, I think it goes upward. Oh, it actually did because it goes Ibaka. Ibaka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some exceptions. Like I know Dwayne Wade goes uh, high. Like I know it goes Dwayne Wade. Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't know what the rules are, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have just led us down an incorrect path. That's what's up. <laughs> um so let's let's get to it who's your favorite raptor all right so um 2012 2013 raptor season in my opinion is the beginning of the upward trajectory towards where we are now which are which is the championship and even though it was kind of a uh mediocre season maybe we didn't make the playoffs and stuff like that. I thought they did uh, key moves that were subtle, but are important down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, they traded for Lowry. We extended DeRozan's contract. I don't think um, Lowry was that important. Sorry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just being a total idiot. Yeah, okay. Um, and then we also got Ross, and and uh, we finally signed my guy, Jonas Valanciunas. Welcome to Lithuania. 
Jonas. That's right. Wait. Okay, okay. We have to we have to at least do it with his name. It would be like Jonas Valentunas. Jonas so, Valentunas. So yeah, he does fade away with the Ness. Yeah. He rides the tune hard and then he drops down with the Ness. Okay, I think I figured out what the formula is. If your name is a two-syllable full name, it ends it in the high note. But if you're more than that, it has to naturally arc down. That checks out. Freddie Rivas, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Maybe that's it. <laughs> uh, anyways, back to JV. Um, <laughs> so wait, so yeah, like, uh, uh, so like he kind of represents the beginning of, you know, this, this growth period to, to the point where we are defending our championship from last that's year. Right. Um, so is his kind of, is rooting for him and his growth kind of like tied to your optimism as a Raptors fan or is that, is that part of it? Or is it kind of like how he plays? Like what, 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 what makes you kind of love JV? Well, I, I think it's because he started as kind of this, um, you know, I, I don't know if he had a lot of hype in him, but I know that because a lot of people don't even know how to pronounce his name, that he's a fairly unknown guy. So, um, that's kind of that kind of fits in how a lot of great Raptors are, where yeah. you know, like it's they, they they're somewhat we we see great potential in them, and then they would develop in front of our eyes. And JV was just that guy. Do you remember when Charles Barkley couldn't pronounce his name? Yeah, yeah. I think there's a video on YouTube of the evolution of that, where he just you know in, in the beginning he would just absolutely butcher it and it would make fun of it. And now I think it's like a, a little better. Yeah. He's like, he's, it's, it's been like five years, but he's come, he's come a bit further. Yeah. <laughs> so as far as like JV's rise, um, I mean, I feel like I got to ask you on behalf of every single JV fan, but do you dislike Dwayne Casey? Do you think Dwayne Casey gave him a fair shake? You know, most, most of JV's, um, Tenure as a Raptor was under Dwayne Casey. I remember, you know, I, I was ringing that, you know, that, that JV gong bell. I was trying to, I, I was like demanding he play more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I always have JV in my fantasy team and it's just so frustrating that time. But I think the story of JV's time with the Raptors pretty much in summary, he's somebody who has a lot of potential that, we uh, may have missed out on. And that's mostly because um, I think in when we drafted him, we were expecting to uh, have him develop into a, almost like maybe a little model around Dwight Howard, maybe. Um, but as years gone by, I think the direction of the team went towards more of improved ball movement, three-point mm-hmm. shooting and stuff like that. And, um, unfortunately, Valanciunas got, uh, you know, tied with a lot of these questions of do we really need he, what he can provide to the team. Right. And of course, you know, with the evolution of the league, he's he's maybe one of the best examples of kind of like struggling to adapt to the speed of the game, but also, you know, still really good. So because he's not one of these these players that got phased out, right? Like he's too good for that. So yeah. it's because it, I remember early in his career, you know, the training staff was getting him, getting, you know, him to put on weight and put on strength. Mm-hmm. And then almost like, you know, I, I forget, I couldn't say what year, but let's say year four, year five, it's like a total reverse course. It's like, Oh wait, hold on a second. The warriors are here, dude, we need you to lo- lose weight and move faster. Um, so, you know, kind of like caught in the in-between, Although, right. you know, he's, he signed a contract with Memphis. He seems like he's going to be in the league a while. Um, let me ask you about the Gasol trade. Um, how did that feel? Were you, were you disappointed? Are you disappointed? Uh, do you wish JV was still a Raptor? I guess the, my disappointment was more because uh, our last look at JV was when he hurt his thumb. Yep. Draymond Green. He couldn't really, you know, prove himself, unfortunately. Um, however, the trade yeah. I think was a 
overall necessity because, um, you know, for what the Raptors are trying to do, Gasol can provide immediately. Of course. Yeah. And, and it works. There's like years of, uh, years of experience that we can kind of shortcut and get added into our team. Um, I feel like it's probably hard for you to pin it down to a moment. Yeah. Uh, do you have, do you have a favorite, you know, JV highlight? Do you have a favorite JV, um, you know, kind of like game. Uh, I, okay, I hope I hope I don't steal this from you, but I, yeah. I feel like for me, the peak of JV excitement was that Brooklyn series, right? Where it's kind of like, you know, the Raptors are back. You know, Messiah says, fuck Brooklyn. Everybody's going crazy. Garnett, you know, Pierce is this stacked, bloated team, which, you know, all they ever did was lose to the Heat in the next round, but they did beat us. And, and but those first two games, I remember JV putting up just like ungodly rebounds I and know. points. Like he was like they were comparing him to like you know Tim Duncan's playoff debuts and Jabbar's playoff debuts, and he just really had some big stats. And yeah, I think he might have faded as the series went along a, a little bit, but he really just came out. As as a uh, you know himself as like this bruiser tough dude who can get rebounds and 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 dunk the ball, uh, yeah okay sorry I feel like I I asked a question and then I fully answered it myself. <laughs> How dare I? Um, do you have a favorite game moment? Anything, JV? Man, something similar to the playoffs is when he dominated the Cavs. In in the playoffs or in the regular season? No, in the playoffs. But, right, like, like like when he came back from that that injury during the um that that was the conference finals run, right? Where he might you hurt his ankle, I think. Yeah, yeah, Miami. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it was just that. Like he had a lot of great, uh, you know, spurts of of um playoff appearances, and then he would you know get hurt and stuff like that. Um, my favorite moment was his like last two second dunk against the Bucks. So happy you said it. Yeah, where he was fouled <laughs> as well. Yeah, I, I, he was, but I don't think they called it. But no, it yeah, like they it. like yeah, it should have been. I think it was a game tying dunk, but it should have right. been. been should, he should have had the opportunity to win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, two minutes here. Um, there's a lot of weird JV stuff. Like I remember, you know, there's the Wasega incident. That's right. Yeah. Um, there's the time where there's a video clip of him, you know, dressing up as like a wizard in the Lithuanian league. Oh yeah, in the like, dunk contest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, there's a lot of good, weird JV stuff. Obviously, you have the Maasai moment where, um, where you know JV thought he might get traded, and yeah, for for Andre Drummond, Maasai comes up to him and he goes, "You're way better than Drummond," you know. <laughs> um, but what what's your what's your kind of like lasting? Not not necessarily like impression uh, with, with JV as a Raptor, but like like what do you think about when you think about JV as a Raptor? Um, I, I just honestly, I feel like we may have missed out. I think he uh, he's a player who we never got to see his full potential. Um, right. And, so there's like some longing there. Yeah, and he's a, you know, he's a. He's a uh, he added that level of toughness. He's a you know funny guy. So that's kind of what his lasting impression is. Um, Are you upset he didn't get a ring? He didn't. I didn't know that. I thought he did. No, they uh, they actually decided that JV and um, Delon Wright and CJ Miles uh, were not going to get championship rings. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I- I, I thought it was, I was a bit disappointed, to be honest. Yeah, same, same. Although, I, I get it. I get it. I think, I think yeah. if you get the ring, you may kind of lose your fire, maybe. Maybe this is something that, you know. Well, yeah, that, some players were saying that, you know, they want to be more responsible for the ring. But I feel like JV was such a culture builder, and he also, you know, like – he he's just like, like, a, like a big, big part of the Raptors and played a lot of, you know, deep playoff runs. Yeah, for us, and I think he was going to be a big part of that run. But uh, Randall, we're we're just about up for time here. My All right, buzzer thing's about to go off. Here we go. Oh, there's a buzzer. That's my I, phone. I think we have to. We have before we go. I think we have to mention the the curse, the GoDaddy curse that he started. 
Okay, thank you. The beginning of it. I knew there was going to be JV stuff we missed. <laughs> so please hit people with the GoDaddy curse if they've never heard of it. Tell them about it and 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 tell them why JV is kind of like the the beginning of it. Yeah, no. Um, so uh, the GoDaddy commercial ads made a partnership with the Raptors, and their first featured player was uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Um, I think it got aired at the kind of the end, almost the end of the season. And um, obviously nobody knew that there was a curse if it's the first one, but he, right. JV pretty much disappeared come playoff time. Um, and then it just, uh, you know, continued on with, with the next players. I think Patterson and, and Bebe were... Uh, CJ Miles. CJ Miles, Norm, Del- no, not Delon, right. Um, yeah, so those guys kind of had some sort of a bad. But you have run. to tell people what his product was. Yes. So he, uh, JV's product was called the Itty Bitty Baller. It's a yep. mini, mini act, like a figure of him. Yeah, is figurines of him. Yeah. Just in various poses, but like, and the idea is that he was like making these and and painting them. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was all around a bit, just a bit nonsensical. Because, like, a bit, I mean, hey, I bet you people bought them, right? I don't think it's true. Because when, when that the website was up, I remember I tried to order, but it didn't go through anywhere. Wait, am I so dumb that I'm now just realizing <laughs> on my own podcast that this was a commercial and it wasn't a real product and I am I a commercial actor? Ouch. <laughs> Honestly, that's a lot of egg on my face. Um, I don't know what to say. I'm going to look into that, and I will apologize to the listeners of the podcast next week. All I know but, uh, is I tried buying the uh, JV riding an actual Raptor figure, and I think it was like $80 listed in the website, but the site wait. didn't go anywhere. So it is real. The website is real. You click on it, I don't think it goes anywhere. Hmm. Okay, you know what? We're going to have to make a new podcast, me and you, Randall, where we basically just do our own reply-all version of trying to figure out what the hell happened with Itty Bitty Ball. <laughs> First, specifically riding the Raptor. JV riding the Raptor, we need to know if that's real or if it's a Berenstein berenstein scenario. That's uh, Okay, well, um, yeah, that's that's it for, uh, for JV, and uh, thanks for joining the podcast, Randall. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me, man. Stay safe. I will. Uh, and uh, yeah, any any message to um, to to the listeners of the podcast uh, about the world and or JV? Um. Well, just everybody stay safe. That's pretty much it. Wash cool. your hands. That includes you, JV. Stay safe. Okay, uh, I'm here with uh, with guest number three. Um, she is amazing. Uh, she's done this podcast a bunch of times. She uh, recently covered the Raptors um, for the Raptors. So yeah, I feel like I should <laughs> say that um, because yeah. But uh, yeah, she's incredible. Um, you should know her. You should love her. If you don't, then I mean, go to hell, right? But uh, okay, uh, give it up at home for Katie Heindel. <laughs> Uh, by the way, Katie, I'm sorry, it's the third time I've done that this podcast. It's such a fake out because there's no music because what we're doing is having the music in between. Okay. Hello. Hi. That's okay. I like that intro a lot. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like it was like all my intros like have are just like pure snakes and ladders. Like there's a lot it of it, but it's pretty sloppy. I'm like falling. I'm like that guy, like that winter gif of like the guy who's trying to shovel. And he falls down like 200 times. That's me. But at the but, same time, like so it does. And it gets shuffled. You yeah, know what I mean? The does. snow the moves. Done. And it's a roller coaster ride. Um, hey, thanks hello. for having me back. Yeah. Love to be on. You're, you're amazing. I'm, I'm happy to have you back. Um, I feel like, you know, we're all going through a lot. So let's just mm-hmm. jump into, into, into Raptors talk. Um, mm-hmm. Who... Who is your favorite raptor? My favorite raptor uh, is Kyle Lowry. 
Yay! <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why. <laughs> I didn't say yay for anyone else's, but uh, I guess I feel like you're going to be, you're the only current Raptor, and Kyle is just amazing to talk about all the time. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll let you start. Okay. I mean, as you said, like, he is amazing to talk about all the time. I feel like as a writer, like, I've written about him a lot, like, long-form feature things. But it's, like, every time I do, then there's just, like, something else you could write about. So I think for me, there's something about Kyle Lowry where I always feel like I'm chasing the ability to try and, like, get all of it down and, like, get all of it, I don't know, like... Right. To, to like, to, like... um. I see I even talking about him. I yeah, no, it's like, like there's always more with him he can somehow. Take multitudes, right? So I think like for me, when I think of it's not just this it's not like just this year, but when I when I trace back Lowry and like why he for for me, like there's other players that like are on this team, like this iteration of the team this year and in recent years that I love, like very personally, but I wouldn't, you know, put that on anyone else for this. But like right. To me, Kyle Lowry is like, he's a conduit in which every era of this team in its last iterations, and I would say probably its most uh, important and memorable iterations have flowed through. So, you know, like we've, we've For he's, sure. he's formed all of those, right? He's like kind of been the framework in which to view the franchise. Um, and we've witnessed like his real time evolution and growth, which I think is kind of a rare thing with, even if it's a franchise player, with any player just because of like, you know, yeah, of course, if players move, then you don't get to see that at all. And then sometimes the franchise sometimes oversteps the player. So it's like they, it seems like the franchise is influencing that evolution and growth of that player. But Lowry has been so singular. Yeah, he's like, yeah you always feel that tug of war with Kyle. Like it's mm-hmm. like he's a, he's a Raptor, but like it, it was a mixture. It's a kind of like a trust acceptance continuum mm-hmm. with him, Dwayne and Masai. It's yeah. It's super fascinating. Like, yeah. Sorry. And no, no. And it's like been a symbiotic relationship. And I think in some cases it's worked better than others, you know, like obviously he had his struggles, I think a little bit with Casey, but like in a lot of ways, it helped him to come full circle around and like be this kind of player that now is like Nick nurse, like loves so much and like everyone else loves so much. But I mean, I think for us as, as fans, um, whatever level of fan you are, like you've kind of seen him go from outlier, like when he arrived to like, he was almost written off, right? Like they tried to trade him. Oh <laughs> like, my god! And you know, he he backed up for for Jose, just like he backed up for Conley. And you know, he lost to he lost out to to Dragic in in yeah. Houston. And it was like, yeah, it was like another part of the Kyle Lowry story. We wit we witnessed like an undoing of sorts. Yeah, yeah. And I think like he like he didn't want to be here. He had he had like a bad reputation. Um, and then you know to see him go from that to choose like to make this choice to be here and to go to become this kind of like unpredictable super fun to watch at times like a bit unhinged and like not always the greatest but like that duo of him and DeRozan you know and then to see them kind of start growing together on this straight line then like the heartbreak of course of DeRozan leaving the brotherhood and and the heartbreak like tearing them apart and then very much the question of like well, what what happens to Lowry now? Because like we hadn't known him without Tamar, um, but then I right was away, was so worried, and I feel like a lot of people <laughs> were like weren't worried at all. And I was like, you don't understand, Kyle. Like this is a six-year build-up, this him and DeRozan thing, and and yeah. to just assume it was going to work with with Leonard and that he wouldn't be mad. I don't know. I was so scared and. I was wrong, I think, but... Well, no, I mean, I think that's a really good point because, I, and I think it's a valid point because the chemistry that, like, now still fuels the team was created by DeRozan and Larry together. So I think yeah. it was, like, completely yeah. valid to say, like, how will that, like, what's the longevity there when you take one of those crucial pieces away? But I think it proves how, like, how much they kind of, like, set up a, like, a... <laughs> Like something that could flourish without one of those huge pieces, you know, like they did they did the right job, like they they did it. So I think like what I found so interesting after Lowry kind of like worked through the kinks, I think, because there was some growing pains, I think, of playing alongside Kawhi and almost like 
what he ended up doing was like handing this franchise he'd created kind of out of these like disparate pieces of like nobodies, you know, over to this star who I think as much as they wanted him back, they all probably had a right. Like they probably were like, this guy's just one and done, you know? Yes. Like um, even even him and Siakam seems like the bond is so much tighter than you know him and Kawhi. Mm-hmm. And there's like personal reasons of like Kawhi, just like how he gets along with anybody. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but like I think what what we saw then of Lowry was like this, like he became a leader in a different way we'd never seen before because he kind of became like the steady co-pilot. He took a backseat. He stepped into this role of like distributor playmaker. He was he wasn't in the spotlight anymore, which I was like is he going to be okay with that? You know, but he was, and like, he, he kind of put his head down and got to work and like realized, I think it, that was his one opportunity to like get the, get the title. And he did it. Um, and then after that, like he kind of crested in this way, but I was very curious to see how he'd come back this year. And because, and I've written about it, but I think, you know, in all those roles, we saw him alongside someone. Um, but this is the first year we've seen him, solo as a leader right. and we've Lead, never yeah, seen him like Kyle, yeah. do that yeah and like now you see how much of like a beautiful <laughs> relationship he has with like not just like the bench mob guys who he kind of like brought up in the team but like younger and newer guys like terrence ross like guys like ronde who've like come in you know from off their own like pretty interesting careers but have like fit and melded into the team because of like the way that kyle's created it so I, I think it's like he's kind of this like now this benevolent like dad figure. <laughs> yeah. This year. And, and I think he's like a symbol of resilience too, right? Because yes. like the NBA is all about opportunity and like here's a guy who did it. He made yeah. it happen. Like yeah. and he's not LeBron or Kawhi. He's 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 like so much more relatable to these other guys. Absolutely. And he I think he's like he is not that he, I guess some, there were some years, I think when he took himself pretty seriously and, you know, he's got like, it's not that he's lost the chip on his shoulder, but he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder for his team. Like he kind of loves them unconditionally. He lets his guard down. He's like kind of embarrassing. Like a dad is, you know, when he'll like try and post about them on social media. <laughs> I know he's, he's definitely getting more dad. Like, like I'm, I'm expecting like him to bust out like a big Dwayne Casey suit any day. Like he's just going to show up and people are going to, be like why are you wearing that suit from the 80s <laughs> he's gonna be like it fits i look good um, in this yeah, yeah i look good <laughs> okay but, uh, sorry no Keep, no i think I, that's I, it and i think the only thing i was gonna add was like i know we've all as fans we all have varying degrees of like being upset about how the season is either done or still on hiatus and what's gonna happen but like when i think about it personally like i think about the raptors but then i think about it most personally with with lowry i'm kind of like i'm most disappointed that whatever is going to happen this season there was still this big of a disruption and interruption that this weird thing that they had created that was working even though it shouldn't have been working with all the injuries and like getting sidetracked um they're not going to be able to to see it through yeah kyle's kyle's season you know, I, I was I've been watching highlights the past couple of days, and like I watched uh, Siakam's highlights up until this point. They're just wild. Like it's just such a an emerging player. But I also watch Kyle's highlights, and it's just a perfect mix of like old man craft and headiness, and also like excellent talent and shooting still. Mm-hmm. And you know, how long can someone hold all those things together at that age? So like, I, I just, I, I think he was just, he's just going to be such a killer if the playoffs are able to happen. I, I, I really believe it because I guess I feel like he, he's not going to revert like he, his confidence, like that game six in golden state. I think we're going to see more of that if he gets mm-hmm. to play more playoff basketball. Yeah. And that's something too, like he's never reverted. I didn't even talk about his like on court <laughs> growth, but like, to me, it's all kind of, it's all like, it's all inclusive of everything that I talked about just on this like line, but like the way he's grown and adapted on court, it's just like, he's so smart and you constantly hear like other coaches, other players, just like talk about what a genius, like a basketball genius he is, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is, I've like, I've heard that the most this year, 
like I think there's like a lot of reasons why, like the championship, he's leading this team, da da da. I think it's just like probably what a lot of people who are in the know have been saying for a long time, but it's felt very like rewarding to hear it so much this year, you know? The overall Kyle praise has felt nice. Like the charges in the all-star game, everything this year, it's like, it feels like, it feels like fans that aren't just Raptors fans. Like they're being led in a little bit to like, Hey, this guy's charming. Like you you probably should think about him as the, as the guy who almost pulled, you know, Jared Allen's arm out of his socket this year. But he's like, he's not just that. Like he's the best. He's all those things, right? Yeah. He's he's all all those things. things. And he's never, like he's never reverted is a good way to, to put it because he's never done that. And then on the personality front, on the playing front, on the relationship front, the franchise front, he's just like always reinventing himself. Um, and he's like never satisfied to just like settle. Okay, Katie, we got just like 30 seconds left here. <laughs> um, this is an insane question because Kyle is like the best fractor oh, no. ever. <laughs> but do you have a favorite or just let's say a like just a great moment that that comes to mind for Kyle because it's too much pressure to have like a favorite. It's like tons. I have like a heartbreaking moment that I always think about. It's like when he missed the shot in the Nets game in the finals <gasps> against Paul oh. Pierce. And I think we've talked about this before. Like that to me was like, it still like hurts me to think about it. <laughs> it's painful. The Brooklyn <laughs> series was painful. I know. But when you look at that and you kind of see like projecting forward what happened and like how he kind of rode that crest that started then like all the way to now, oh. it's just like, it's another example of like him always playing the long game. But when I think about Kyle more from like came to game, my favorite moments are like probably this year, my favorite moments were, yeah, in the all-star game when he was like, grinning his ass off after taking charges just like from the floor like just being sprawled out like laughing at how much he was getting under LeBron and Harden skin and also just like any game when it's like oh no I don't know why this is still surprising to us as fans but we're like oh no they're down 20 they're down 30 what are they gonna do and then it's like oh there's Lowry he's gonna put the whole game on his back he's like a little he's motor just, yeah he is he's and a rocket he's- engine <laughs> And he also has this like beautiful combination of like arguing, delaying, like he just, he, he becomes like a, a coach and a ref and a player all at the same time. And everyone else is like, just like, they can't keep up with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, I think, uh, I think that's a good place to end it. And I'll, I'll just say, I'll, I'll just say a, a moment I always think of with Kyle and I, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I'm getting emotional, but I feel like it, it relates to Ooh. what's going on right now. Um, but uh, the way you know, the, obviously everyone, like, it's behind closed doors, but the Maasai to Kyle, like, tough talk. The journey from that to the very aggressive Maasai-Kyle hug on the court after they won the championship. Oof. To yeah. me, it's like, I want to hug everyone <laughs> like that as soon as it's safe. And obviously, consensual hugs. I don't want to hurt anyone's neck. But I want to I hug everyone like that as soon as it's okay, you know? I think that will be like the hug scene around the world after all this. Don't I do. I think so. Yeah. And I hope they study it closely in the meantime. Yeah. Let's all study that hug and let's all know that they are the first ones who are, who get to hug after all this. Yes. Like it will be like, like we'll all be watching and as soon as they hug. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Katie, thank you so much. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Is there anything you want to, you want to say before we take off? Uh, if you are just so hungry for um, NBA content, I have a column uh, over at Dime called uh, NBA Self-Isolation Watch. <laughs> so it's I like mean, a weekly column where I'm chronicling the what players are getting up to in isolation. It's been a lot of fun. It's been anxious and weird and like fun. And like I think that's what we're all up to right now. Yeah, if if anxious and weird isn't your brand, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you because like that is the next, I think, foreseeable future. So get into it. Um, cool. But yeah, but uh, thanks so much, Katie. We'll uh, we'll talk soon and um, and be safe and be well. Thanks, guys. You too. Okay, uh, uh, I'm here with a uh, with a good buddy. He's uh, he's done the podcast a couple times. We've been we've been friends and uh, been doing comedy together 
uh, as sketch comedians for for years. Uh, he he writes for Jay and Dan. Uh, we're actually just talking about like um, what they're up to. Maybe he'll uh, he'll plug that uh, when he's done telling me his favorite player. But without further ado, give it up at home as loud as you can for Brendan Halloran. Oh man, I hear those. I hear those cheers. They are they are deafening right now. Yeah, people are people, people are really giving it up for me right now. It's really great. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I think, sure, some folks are clapping at seven p.m. for our essential service workers, but I think some people are listening to this podcast, you know, and just like clapping by themselves. I I am honored to be uh, on uh, on such a, a you know pristine footing as uh, yeah. uh, our. Uh, very valued uh, frontline workers. Hey man. Um, hey dude. I appreciate you. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's let's get right to it. Who's who's your favorite raptor of all time? Oh, uh, this is really exciting. It's really exciting to talk about uh, this era of Raptors basketball. My favorite player of all time. I only own one Raptors jersey, and it is a Jose Calderon jersey. Jose Calderon is my favorite raptor of all time. Um, I love this so much. Numero ocho. Jose yeah. Calderon is your yeah. favorite Raptor. He's awesome. A lot of people, yeah. Awesome. yeah. I'll, um, I'll, I'll let you just go. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, I like, I really like this era of these, these Raptors teams. This is from like 08 to like, you know, 2011, 2012. Cause like, this was kind of like, like when you win a championship, your, your team has arrived. Right. Um, and there's like, you, when you're taken more seriously, there's like a, like a lack of like presentational bullshit around the team. So like, you know, like our uniform, uh, they look great. And like the presentation in the arena for the uh, player intros and stuff looks great. But this was an era where it was like, we weren't quite new, but we hadn't figured anything out yet. Yes. So this was like mid bullshit yes. Raptors uh, era. Yeah. Like I, I went back the, to well, the Joey Graham stuff. Yeah, it, like just players that you're like, oh man, like are we really going nuts for Rasha Nasterovich? You yeah. know what I mean? We had like Haiti Turkaloo and he's not trying and stuff. And Ooh. like even the, I went back and looked at like the, um, I think the 2009 um, like pregame intros and um, they just had like a bunch of the Raptors sitting in a, do you remember this? Sitting in a convertible? I, yes, and, yes, I do. And there was like, a video driving so up they're and down, all in a convertible. Young like, Street, right? Yeah, like like it's Entourage or something, right? But it's like, you know, Jamario Moon oh. sitting in a convertible and it's supposed to be cool and we're like, oh man, but you're like you're like, this isn't like the worst thing. And at the time you were probably not this isn't super embarrassing, but it's like it's mid bullshit. You know what I mean? Yes. And totally. um, so so this yeah, and this was like the team of my twenties. This was uh they were not a great team but they were good enough that they could still break your heart a little bit. And um, I had a oh, favorite yeah. player from, from that era. And like, I'm not a Chris Bosch guy. I always found Chris Bosch to be a little bit hokey. Um, and uh, uh, so the next guy I thought was the best was Jose Calderon. I just uh, liked the way that he ran the team. I liked his professionalism. I liked his ability to shoot the three. And then I went back and looked at the stats and I realized they're not great. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting because he was always like he was such a like a serviceable guy, and he you know he kind of like did his job and no more, but he did he kind of like perfected his job as like a distributor, mm -hmm. and you know he's got some pretty like high water moments like the you know the gold medal with Spain like he was a big part of that that team. Um, Oh, wait a second. Am I messing that up? Did, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, he had, Spain. He had a but, FIBA, yeah. I think he had, two, I looked it up. I think it's like two silvers and a bronze, And but he won a FIBA World Cup. Right, that's what it is, yes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, he's he's performing some some pretty, like, you know, big-time big, big time scenarios. And, like, you know, he's been in the playoffs. I, I, I always go back to that New Jersey series where uh, Richard Jefferson ripped down the, the alley-oop pass uh, that that Jose threw to um, to Chris Bosh, and mm -hmm. it was just like the perfect play. And obviously Richard Jefferson just kind of made a good defensive play. But um, Jose has a lot of good moments, and like yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. You know, like I'm looking at his basketball reference right now. He like he he started a bit slow, and he kind of dwindled off and became a journeyman. But he had some pretty pretty successful years with the Raptors and some, some kind of fun stats too. There's the, you know, the free throw, the, the season where he almost broke the, uh, the free throw record. He did break mm -hmm. the percentage record, I think. 
Yeah, and he blossomed into like this really nice three point shooter in an era where that is, you know, it's not the same era that we're playing in now where you're kind of, uh, you know, a point guard would be expected to be that. But like, you know, like I'm looking at it in 2012, 2013, he shot, you know, 46% on like four attempts, um, which is, uh, you know, uh, pretty good. But then also, like, I'm looking at Jared Jack's stats, and they're comparable. And uh, Jared Jack is two years younger, so maybe uh, he's got a – Jared Jack is a little bit more upside. So it's like – it's one of these weird things where it's like, I don't remember him for, like, his great plays or uh, uh, leading us to, uh, you know, wins or anything like that. I just remember how I felt about it at the time. And, um, and I think this is also a product, too, of just, like, because we live in like a, you know, like the media here is really focused on just the players that we have. You don't get like a huge scope. So like you feel like, like, Oh, Jose Calderon's really good because we're talking about him all the time, but we're talking about him all the time because he is the starting point guard too. Right. Like we're, we're, we're basically having to like, kind of like deal with the reality of like, this is our guy. So that's why we're talking about him all the time. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not like, yeah. I, uh, so just like during that era, cause like, um, yeah, really into the team at that time. I was like, yeah, Jose Calderon is my guy because it's not going to be Hato Turkoglu. I can tell you that much. Oh God. No, it can't be. Um, do you, uh, do, do you remember like, there's a lot of weird stuff with, with Jose, I feel like bringing up right now. Like, do you remember the, the odd rumor that he was like, a had like all this like pig farming wealth and was like a billionaire? And he had to like, this is a couple years ago. And he came out and he's like, guys, like I've made a lot of money. I'm pretty rich, but I'm not a billionaire. And I don't know where this rumor started. No, I don't. Maybe that was like pre my uh, always online days where I wouldn't have uh, caught that. But like, what's the story? Like he, he had a pig farm in Spain. I, I think, yeah. Like I think someone got confused with names or something at some point and just like somehow you know it was, was totally like not real and just weird like it wasn't like a slanderous story it was like did you know that jose calderon's actually super rich um also, like what a weird thing to do like he's already <laughs> like i don't know i don't have his contract status in front of me but like he made millions of dollars right yeah, like he made millions made of dollars playing basketball and then people were going like yeah yeah but did you know he's got more money than that and it's like who cares he's got a ton of money anyway yeah, he's he's stinking rich. What about the uh, the clapping defense? Did that bother you, or did you find that like a like to be a charming thing? Um, I never had a problem with it. I don't have a problem with any of that stuff. I don't have a problem Me either. Like, like, like I always said, it's kind of it's kind of fun. Yeah, I like do whatever you can. Like even in uh, like do you remember when like uh, it, like this is an NHL thing, but when like Sean Avery was like distracting the goaltenders with a stick by like putting a stick in their face. And then waving it back and forth, and everyone was like, "Oh man, you can't do that." I was always like, "I don't know, why not? Why can't you do it?" Oh, I, yeah, me too. I'm a very firm believer in like change the rules. Like I, I love, I love players that push things, and it's like, yeah, no, definitely. I'm just like just, just you know, if they play everything to your advantage, I don't know, it doesn't bother me at all. I think it's, uh, I think it's very fun. Um, yes. Yeah, so Jose, like amazing passer, amazing shooter. Were you surprised that that I guess not surprised because because Kyle you know had so much time to do it, but I remember when Jose left the Raptors, I I genuinely thought that his assist record was safe. He just had he averaged so many assists for so many years that I didn't think Kyle was ever going to get close to him. Or I thought you know he might get traded. It was only really in the last like when when Kyle resigned this new contract where I was like, oh man, he's gonna. If he plays this whole year, he's going to pass him. Right. Well, like, you know, Calderon played it for us for eight seasons. And like you said, like it, you know, no, I didn't really think anyone was going to come along and do that because I, you know, as you said, I don't think any of us thought Kyle Lowry was going to be around. Like every year it feels like, Hey, maybe that was Kyle Lowry's last year. Like even after we won the championship, there was a thought where you go like, well, maybe that was the end of Kyle. Like maybe they'll trade Kyle Lowry now. Like you just, he's this weird guy who has hung around for uh, how many seasons has he been here now? Has he been here eight as well? Uh, yeah, I actually got him right here. Kyle's been with us for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, it shouldn't be that surprising too, because like, you know, Kyle Lowry has played w with much, much better teams than like, you know, he's not like Jose Calderon trying to dish the ball to uh, uh, Andrea Bargnani and, you know, crossing his fingers. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, okay, here's another uh, here's another Jose thing. Did you ever notice that he he has to be the best dribbler in the world who doesn't use a crossover? He like, doesn't he doesn't what? put the ball in between his legs ever. Wait, it's, pardon me. <laughs> so like he, so he does like complex dribbles and he dribbles behind his back, mm-hmm. but you know, the standard crossover like dribbling it in between your legs is just not really a Jose move. He just he, never so really he, did that. You're saying that he never dribbled. I'm going to even try to Google this right now. For sure, yeah, Jose just, Calderon has tried to dribble the ball between his legs. Maybe. <laughs> sorry. I, okay. I'm not saying he's not tried, but I mean, like, that's not how he rolls. Like, there was times where he would get into trouble and it's like, man, use your legs, you know? Or like, oh, I remember one time he fell down and continued dribbling. It was like a circus trick. Yeah, like a very good dribbler. And like, um, but I think that you can also, like, he's also not fast. But for some reason, I thought when I was younger that he was super fast. Like, I remember going to a, a, a Raptors game with my dad and going like, oh, man, Jose Calderon so fast. And now I look at it back and I'm just like, what the hell was I thinking? Like, I didn't know yeah, he's, anything he's- back then. He's legit pretty slow. Like his foot speed was always bad. But I mean, yeah, I think players that are heady can kind of play in a way that makes you think they're not super slow. Um, okay, we got we got 30 seconds here. Um, what do you want to leave everyone uh, thinking about? You know, obviously during this time, people want to think about uh, Numero Ocho, uh, Jose uh, Manuel um, Calderon. Uh, people want to think about him. So, so. Give us, give us a nice note to end on. Um, I want you to, I just want you to think about this era of Raptors basketball and it was not as good as you remember. <laughs> Go back, please do the research. The Jose Calderon, Chris Bosch days, they were not as great as I seem to think that they were at the time. And um, I think that we should celebrate how far we've come from that time. And uh, we can all have new favorite players and they can all be better than the, the players that I like the best. Wow. That is such a perfect circle because we started with Damon Stoudemire. You know, then then, then we did uh, JV and Kyle, who's the best player ever. On to Jose, which is kind of like a perfect ending note. Like, guess what? Things aren't perfect, so you should appreciate when they're when they're really, really great. Yeah. I didn't say he was the best player. I just <laughs> yeah, said no, that he was no. my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love how you're the only person who was like, you know what? And when I looked up his stats, yikes. I was like, what do you mean he averaged 10 points for his career? Like, no, I'm talking about Jose Calderon. Surely the internet is wrong. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Well, um, uh, Brendo, uh, I, I, I said I'd kind of leave the floor to you a little bit to, to talk about Jay and Dan, but uh, feel free to talk about that or whatever else you want. Like, is, oh, is there anything yeah. people to check out? Hey, listen, if you're a Jay and Dan fan, we're still making, uh, we're still making content. We're still doing stuff. Um, we're doing uh, many episodes that are appearing on the TSN website and all of our social platforms and uh, just trying to do fun stuff while we're all stuck at home. So if you're bored, please check it out. Hell Yeah. Uh, cool, dude. Well, um, yeah, thanks so much for joining the pod, and uh, and we'll talk soon. Be safe. All right, thanks for having me. Bob. It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast.